0: At the seventh chapter of Zechariah, and we've been looking uh, at, at this book. We've looked at previously all the uh, visions that are mentioned uh, in the previous chapters. So we mentioned those eight uh, visions that took place in one night, and then as we get to chapter seven, the topic changes uh, somewhat. As we look at, and at least, in, of course, headings are different in every every Bible. But uh, we know that as we look at chapter seven, there's a question regarding fasting in chapter seven. But as we get into this in this chapter, what we'll find is the question really isn't the issue really isn't fasting. The issue is actually with uh, sincerity and doing things f- with a sincere heart. And doing things for God and not for oneself. And so this evening I want to show from this chapter the lessons that we can learn from it concerning uh, sincerity and the sins of and the problems with insincerity as we begin looking here at chapter 7. and As we begin in chapter 7 we find, and I've broken this into two uh, places here, looking at some questions, what I call questions and answers uh, with God. Look at chapter 7. Looking primarily first here, the first seven verses. And you look at Zechariah chapter 7, beginning here, looking at verses 1 through 3. You have the question is asked here, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, Now in the fourth year of King Darius, it came to pass that the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, uh, Cheslev, when the people sent Chereser uh, Ther- with Regemon uh, uh, Melech and his men to the house of God to the house of God to pray before the Lord and to ask the priests who were in the house of the Lord or who were in the house of the Lord of hosts and the prophets saying "Should I weep in the fifth month and fast as I have done for so many years. Now as you look at verse 2 this would appear to be that it's to show the remnant that were still in Babylon wanted to know about whether some of the fast should be continued, as we're going to see in verse 3. And we'd also find here in verse 2, they'd actually been praying to the Lord, uh, perhaps about this very uh, subject of fasting. And in verse 3, they had spoken to the priests and to the prophets, which were in the house of the Lord, about the answer to some of their uh, questions. They wanted to know whether whether mourning and fasting should take place in the fifth month, as they had done for so many years. And so, That is the question. It's about fasting, so they continue to do what they have done in previous years there in verse 3. Now, the real issue we're going to find here is actually not revealed in their question, but it's actually revealed in God's answer in verses 4 through 7. And so this is their question in verses 1 through 3, asking about fasting, you know, we, and should they weep, weep in the fifth month and fast as they had done for so many years. Now looking at verses 4 through 7, we find God's response. And looking here at verse 4, and following, the Bible says, And the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months, during those 70 years, Did you really fast for me, for me? See, that is the question. And that question reveals the issue with these people. By asking that question and having it stated in such a way, makes it very clear that their fasting was not done for the right reason. It wasn't actually done for God. You think about that phrase there in verse 4. When he he says there, give me, verse 5, that question when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months during those seventy years did you really fast for me for me the very question indicates something about what they were doing and their attitude had obviously not been right as we find here looking at verse 5 it evident was very much like people today who come uh, sometimes to be entertained but not to actually worship God. We might say, we talk about this sometimes when we partake of the Lord's Supper. We say we want to not simply be going through the motions. We want to think about what what this means. And in worship as well, we don't want to simply just be singing songs to sing songs. We don't simply want to be going through the motions. We want to make sure our heart is in it. And in verse 4 here, it's going to be verse 5 rather, that seems to be the problem when you ask that question, did you really fast for me? The answer is, this is really a rhetorical question because the answer is, no, they didn't. And as you continue to read, that comes out very clear. Look at verse 6 here. When you eat and when you drink, do not eat and drink for yourselves. So the answer lies here in in these next two parts of the question. Did you eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves? Again, it was not for God, but for themselves. They're not doing things for God. They're doing things for themselves. In verse 7 He says, "'Did you not have obeyed the words which the Lord proclaimed to the former prophets when Jerusalem and the cities around it were inhabited and prosperous, and the south and the lowland were inhabited?' So a question is asked to really bring the focus in here, asking uh, what they should have been doing. And he asked that question there, "'Did you not hear the words which the Lord cried by the former prophets? Did you not hear what the Lord had said previously?' Which implies that they had not been listening." You know, sometimes we say there's a difference between hearing and actually listening. We hear a lot of things, don't we? When we go to a grocery store, you hear a lot of noises. You hear the car, you hear the people, you hear the machines, you hear things when you around, but to listen means you actually understand what's going on. We hear even a lot of conversations taking place when we're going out and about. Does that mean we're actually listening to them? No. You hear bits and pieces of people talking as you walk by, as you're looking for something. But you're not really listening. You hear it, but you don't really listen. Here in verse 7, that's the problem with the people. They heard, but they didn't actually listen. He says that you should not have obeyed the words which the Lord proclaimed to the former prophets when Jerusalem and the cities around it were inhabited and prosperous. So there's the question, should you not have obeyed the words that the Lord had proclaimed? to the prophets? The answer is yes, they should have, but it implies that they didn't. It implies they did not obey. That's why when we drop back to verse five, He asked that question, "Did you really fast for me?" We continue reading here, uh, looking at verse uh, verse eight, we find must a, 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 say a, continual, a continuation rather, of God's response because of the wrath he's going to bring against them because of their attitudes and so it's not just a insincerity with their fasting but it's also really an insincerity towards God and his commandment in general they weren't listening verse five or verse yes back to verse five they weren't fasting uh, for God and then we saw in verse seven they didn't listen to the, to the Lord when he spoke to the prophets these people weren't actually doing what they should have been doing and if you think about that for a moment, you kind of get the image, or at least I do, of a group of people who from the outside look like they're doing, they should have been doing, they're fasting, they're doing certain things, they're praying to God, but they're not doing it for the right reason. Their fasting wasn't done for God. Verse 7, they weren't actually listening to the Lord when He spoke to the prophets. And now we find here, looking at verse 8 and following, we find the wrath you know, that's going to come because of the attitudes that these people are having. Looking at verse 8 uh, through verse 12, again, I split this in two here. You had the refusal, what I call the refusal, of the insincere. They weren't those who were not really doing things with a full heart. You think about how many times the psalmist talks about how much he loves the Lord. They talk about David or one of the other writers in Psalms. And you find how they talk about the Lord and how great he is, how much, how loving and his loving kindness and his mercy and all those things, and how they love the Lord and His law. This would not apply to these people this time, would it? Because they were not doing things with a sincere heart. Looking at verse 8 and following, Then the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Execute true justice, Show mercy and compassion everyone to his brother, Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. Let none of you plant evil in his heart against his brother. But they refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders, and stopped their ears, so they could not hear. Now let's just stop there before we get to verse 12. This is, again, the Lord speaking through Zechariah, and he's telling the people what they should be doing, implying, obviously, that they had not been doing this. This is part of what they weren't listening to when the Lord spoke to the prophets. Look what he says in verse nine: Execute true justice. That would mean you execute justice in a fair in a fair manner, no matter who you're talking about. It means you execute justice and show uh, and bring forth through, through uh, true justice in a sense that it doesn't matter if you're talking about a man or a woman, they you're talking about a young man or old man, or young woman or old woman, or where they're from. True justice is it's the same. Uh, consequences for everyone who breaks that same or commits that same crime. They all face the same judgment. Here, execute true justice. And then notice next. It's interesting, he talks about justice. In the very next phrase, he talks about mercy and compassion. Because they do go hand in hand. Because to be to be to have true justice, you have to have mercy and compassion at times, don't so you? Look at verse, verse uh, 9 again here showing mercy and compassion everyone he says here to his brother showing mercy and compassion to what to those who are close to them here he references them as their brother verse 10 do not oppress the widow or the fatherless the alien or the poor that would be the foreigner or the poor and so don't oppress who the widow or the fatherless the 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 stranger or the alien or the poor, that is, you do not take advantage of them. You do not abuse them. You do not treat them poorly. That's, that all goes into the idea of oppressing someone. And he says that none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother. Those who are close to us, and we should be planning evil regardless regards to what we're talking about. But here, definitely here in verse 10, he used the idea of don't plan evil in your heart against his brother, against those who are close to you don't desire to hurt those who are close to you. If, and we know the Bible also tells us that if someone has done something against us that needs to be repaid the Lord will do that. Verse 11 says but, but they refuse to heed. What does that mean to refuse to heed Think about that for a second. We know heed means to listen and to really to apply that right you, you hear something and you actually and you do it they, you heed their words. You listen and you do it. But they refused to heed, so they refused to hear and to actually do it. He says in verse 11 they shrugged their shoulders and stopped their ears so they could not hear. What was God requiring of them? Just to do justice, to do righteousness. To have a sincere heart when they worshiped Him. That's what God wanted from them. Sincere, honest, righteous followers of Him. And in verse 11 their response was they refused to heed, they shrugged their shoulders, they stopped their ears, and they, so they could not hear. Look at verse 12. Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law, And the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets, thus great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Anytime we find where God pours out his wrath on people or punishes people, there's always a reason. God has never, from Genesis to Revelation, punished people without cause. Now, we know if you go back to Job, that that's what his friends say. Has God ever punished someone without cause or punished anyone without cause? Oh, well, Job, you've done something wrong. That was used in a misapplied way against Job. God only punishes the wicked. He doesn't punish the righteous. Looking into verse 12. And again, let's back up just a second. Let's back up again to verse 11. This builds up. To why God is going to pour out his wrath upon them because they refused to heed they shrug their shoulders and they stopped their ears there's three things mentioned in verse 11 verse 12 yes they made their hearts like flint there's four refusing to hear the word hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit for the former prophets you can say there's at least five things there in which is mentioned to show how they refused To follow God and after that what happens in verse 12 thus great wrath came from the Lord of hosts because of their actions because of their disobedience because of their inaction God was going to bring wrath upon them wrath is not just wrath for the sake of punishing people the wrath of God is always designed and because there's always a warning before it, it's always designed to bring people back to him, isn't it? God doesn't destroy the wicked just because they're wicked. The attempt is to bring them back. Why do we have these very words here in Zechariah 7? Because the desire was for them to come back. You, remember, you back up at just a moment at the beginning of Zechariah chapter 7. What does the Lord say when they begin to ask about fasting? Have you really fasted for me? The purpose of that, questions and that question and those that followed and the statements that followed was to bring them back so they could avoid what we read in verse 12. It was all about missing and not having to experience the wrath of God because if they repented, the wrath of God would not come upon them. But they would not, right? Verse 12, refusing to hear the law and the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by a spirit through the former prophets, Thus, that is, as a result, the wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. God's wrath is always used in a way to try to bring men back to him. <coughs> Let's continue reading as we continue to read more about God's response in the last two verses here chapter 7. Looking at verse 13 and 14. Therefore it happened that just as he proclaimed, and they they would not hear, so they called out, and I would not listen, says the Lord of hosts. What was their problem way back in verse 5? Sincerity. Which would seem that when they call out to God in verse 13, it's not in sincerity. It's not in wanting to come to God in obedience. It's simply wanting to avoid punishment not to come to God to be loyal to him. in verse thirteen, the Bible says here they just as they proclaimed and just as he had proclaimed and they would not hear. And they and so they called out and I would not listen. They won't listen to me. He's not going to listen to him listen to those individuals. Not a childish way here. They're not the idea here is they're not listening to him. But now when God will pour out his wrath upon them, we call out not to for obedience, but really it would seem just to avoid again the wrath of God. Look at verse 14. But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations, which they had not known. Thus the land became desolate after them, so that no one passed through or, or returned, for they made the, made the pleasant land desolate. So he scattered them like a whirlwind, scatters many things, he scared them among foreign nations. The land that they left became desolate so much that men would not pass through it, meaning there was no reason anybody to go through there anymore. He took their land and made it a land that was completely worthless because of their disobedience, because of their refusal to obey God. And you think about that today, do we still See some of those same things happening today where people will refuse to hear God's word. Maybe how many times you talk to someone, maybe just casually, even not even what we call a sit-down Bible study, and you reference or refer to a Bible verse and it goes against what their their belief is. How many times have you had someone say, Well, I don't care? That's what the Bible is talking about here in chapter 7, isn't it? And he? says they shrug their shoulders. It's, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm sure I'm not the only one who heard the phrase, well, I know the Bible says, but I believe that's shrugging your shoulders. We've heard people say all kinds of things in defense of their, uh, their preconceived ideas, and it all boils down to not listening to what God's Word has to say. And that was their problem here in Zechariah 7, and as a result, The Bible says God scattered them, and the land became such, and nobody even bothered passing through it anymore. Some lessons for us today. Insincerity ruins good acts. The act of fasting, and we know there was different types of fasts, as mentioned here in Zechariah's time, they were to keep two fasts. He he mentions back in the fifth and seventh month. We know Christ speaks of fasting there in Matthew 6, which we'll get to in just a moment. And we've talked about that before and before as well. But the Bible mentions in this chapter where, where these individuals were not sincere in their righteous acts. There was nothing wrong with fasting per se, but their attitude about it was not right. There's definitely nothing wrong with God and his word, but they weren't willing to listen any righteous or good act is ruined by insincerity. We think about here with the fasting, they weren't sincere with it. That's my God asked the question, did you really fast for me? Well, they weren't, so it ruined the whole idea of fasting. Looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 uh, through 18, here Christ speaking says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. Now we know this is not the same of fasting we're talking about where they had a period certain times they were to fast. Here we're talking about fasting. Those who would fast, as you mentioned before, maybe because of various things going on in their lives. Sometimes people fast and try to focus on things more clearly, whatever the reason. That's not even mentioning the reason behind it. What's mentioned here is when you fast, this is how you behave which is what those during Zechariah's time could have used the dose of a reminder. This is how you behave. You don't, when you fast, you do so with sincerity, not as a hypocrite. Looking at verse 16, it says, Remember when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites, with a sad countenance, for so they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. As surely I said to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, who's the you he's talking about there in Verse 17. It's the Christian, because we're talking about New Testament time period, for us to be the New Testament Christian. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in a secret place, and your Father who sees in secret, will reward you openly. We find in verse 16 through 18 about doing things not to be seen by men. Now in Zechariah's time, they were doing things for say to be seen by men, but their heart certainly wasn't in it. Thus the question did really fast for me. Insincerity ruins good acts, and God punishes insincerity. And we know also, as you saw there in Zechariah 7, they weren't truly doing things for God. They weren't listening to his word. And so when they come back to him, come back, use that phrase loosely, there in verses 13 and 14. What does God say? Just as you didn't listen to me, I'm not listening to you. Because his sincerity obviously was a huge problem. God made them no mind because they weren't being sincere. They refused to listen to God, and in return, God did not listen to them, as you saw in Zechariah 7, verse 13. I also notice that Christ references the, quote, reward of the insincere in Matthew 6 as well. When he says in Matthew 6, verse 2, verse 5, and verse 16, that phrase, they have, surely I have their reward. They have their reward, right? They're in verse 2, they're in the verse 5, and then again in verse 16. They have their reward. It may be from men. It may be a reference to God's going to punish them for their insincerity later. That could be a reference to their reward. Either one I think could fit for that. But the idea is they're going to give what they deserve, but you don't act this way. This is what you should be doing in those situations, right? And so insincerity ruins good acts. God punches insin- insincerity, whether we're talking about fasting or any other act or someone who, wanting to come, come and return to God. If it's not sincere, well, it doesn't matter, does it? You know, that's what, Matthew, that's what Zechariah 7, verse 13, I think is a lot about. Those who wanted to come back to God or proclaim they did, but it wasn't sincere. And for that reason, God did not listen to them. We want to make sure that when we do anything for the Lord, for the church, that we do so with sincerity. When we worship God, when we read his word, when we are trying to be a faithful Christian, that our heart is truly in it. So let us labor to make sure our righteous acts and attempts at righteousness are done for the right reason, as sincerity and not from a cold heart of insincerity. You know, in Zechariah 7, it's much more than just the issue with the fasting. The problem is much greater than that. The problem we find really is verse 11, isn't it? Verse 11 and 12, where well, they refused to heed. Verse 12, they made their hearts like, like flint, refusing to hear. In two verses back to back, references their refusal to hear. Is there any wonder why, verse 13, God wouldn't listen when they came back, saying, crying out to God? They wouldn't listen to him. They weren't truly, it seems they weren't truly coming back to him either. This evening, as you think about these things from Zechariah chapter 7, we think about insin- insincerity, we think about those who sometimes will shrug their shoulders. Maybe it's not God's law or God's word as a whole, but I maybe mean, sometimes there are certain things in the Bible that we read that we really don't like, and we shrug our shoulders at it and we say, "Well, I'm just not going to. I'm just going to ignore that part." You know that's sin as well. We cannot shrug our shoulders with insincerity towards God's Word and say, "I'm going to do this and this," but here eh, I'm not going to do that. I'm sure there were some of those during Zechariah's time. I'm sure there were some of those during the time of of Christ and the time of the apostles. And we know there are those today who are of that same type. We shrug their shoulders, but we don't don't want to be that. Because we don't want a verse like verse 14 being implied to us, do we? Where the wrath of God is going to come upon us. Because on the day of judgment, we know it's going to. It's going to come upon those who are disobedient. Let's make sure that we are not those who are going to face the wrath of God, but instead, hear those words that Christ uses as well in the gospel accounts. Well done, good and faithful servant. But we'll only these sincere servants who heeds God's word will hear that. So this evening, as you think about these things, we can help you or assist you in any way. You can come forward now. That's going to be standing and singing the song that's been selected.